what is going on everybody welcome back to the brothers fantasy football podcast that podcast by two brothers from the same mother giving you their fantasy takes hits analysis and anything they can think of as usual it is your boy Derek here with the older brother Daryl Daryl my man how are you this fine college football playoff championship day I'm good man I'm looking forward to that game here in a little bit um then just a few more sleeps until the NFL playoffs start so yeah man I'm 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 good just like kind of rolling with the punches of this whole football season realizing that the end is coming up shortly but being real intentional about squeezing every last drop of what we do have left yeah man we got about a month more here a little over a month here um a football left but you know we gonna enjoy it and um yeah playoffs are starting so exciting times let's see so today's episode we're gonna do our awards show our second one we did one last year we're here again we got five um you know, specialty awards. And then after that, we got five other awards where we'll give an award for each position and, of course, an overall MVP. So let's not waste any time and get into the fun. Daryl, I'm going to put this one towards you. Our first award is the Rookie of the Year. Who is your first-year player that you have selected for this award? Okay, I'll preface this by saying I feel like there's really only one right answer to this, but that right answer I have in another slot. So I'm going with my next choice on Rookie of the Year, and I'm going with Jameer Gibbs. Um, okay. Running back for the Detroit Football Lions. Um, my man finished RB8 on the year, and if you recall back to how his season got started in the hand wringing that was going on um, with, you know, the amount of work that David Montgomery was getting to start the season, you know, it's, you, you fast forward to now, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a shocker that he got there, but, you know, he did this on the strength of 915 rushing yards, man averaged 5.4 yards per carry, had nine TDs. And this is during the fantasy season. I'm taking these stats from during the fantasy season. I know he had, he got up to 10, um, you know, this past week and week 18, but all the stats I'll be talking about from going on through here will be, you know, weeks one through 17. So anyway, uh, 52 receptions, 316 yards receiving and a touchdown um, through the air. So, you know, dude kind of came on, man. In his last 10 games, he had six top five finishes. Like, Mm. and four, four of those were top two finishes. So like, he came on late. He came on really, really strong. And he ended up being, you know, kind of a what one of those, you know, league winner types uh, to, to end the season. And, you know, just the last bit on him, it was a near best case scenario with him where, um, you know, he started off the year in Montgomery's shadow. And then as the year went on, you know, he ended up seeing the majority of the snaps, um, the majority of the passing work and all that and really carved out a solid role that you could bank on week to week um, for um, to put in your lineup. So, yeah, 
my rookie of the year because I'm excluding a certain other fellow for this for the purposes of this Jameer Gibbs. Okay, yeah, I I don't mind it, and that certain fellow, like you said, I'm sure we're gonna talk talk about later on, and um, just a background for the listeners: how we selected these awards, like we just did, kind of a pseudo draft where we each picked, and like when said guy was picked by my brother, I was like, uh, so we not gonna look at him for this other award, but like like you mentioned, you know, he is the guy that is that award winner but for me i went with the hometown hero cj strout cole ridge bernard strout 300 i'm sorry 3844 passing yards 21 touchdowns compared with five picks also had three rushing touchdowns and those stats are through um week 17 i didn't put week 18 data in here but he did get over that 4K mark, which got him to the third most passing yards by a rookie. And if he hadn't missed the two games for the concussion, he probably would have broke that record by Andrew Luck. But yeah, from a fantasy perspective, like he was pretty much going undrafted um, in most of your leagues. Or if you were drafting him, it was a last, you know, couple round pick. But he gave you six quarterback one finishes which included seven multi-pass touchdown games, and he had five games of 300 yards passing or better. You know, you get this kind of performance from a rookie. He he basically kind of saved, you know, some fantasy manager seasons because we had so many injuries with quarterbacks that you were able to get a guy off the waiver wire that was a rookie and give you QB1 performances on a every other week kind of basis, like that's very hard to beat. Yeah. So CJ yeah. Strouds, here's your rookie of the year award from me. Yeah, absolutely. Came to um came to more than a few managers aid uh, throughout the year. Can I can I reel off some honorable mentions? I'll be real quick about absolutely. him. I'm not gonna go into deep uh discussion about him, but Devon HN, the man averaged 17.8 PPR points per game in 10 games. Finished as the RB24. So, and as you know, he missed a bunch of games due to injury. Rasheed Rice uh, finished wide receiver 21. Jaden Reed, wide receiver 28. Tank Dell averaged 15 points per game in his 11 games. And um, yeah, the other two that I have down here for rookie of the year, I'm going to save them because we'll be talking about them later. So, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. We so, a lot of tease. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, we we starting to get good at this over here. <laughs> for sure. All right. So for the next award, um, this one shout out to Stringer Bell. It's um the put the word out, we back up award. And it's a little bit of a catch-all. It's either, you know, like a comeback player or maybe a guy that consensus was low on and left for dead that just came out here and hooped. So um, yeah, the We Back Up Award. Who do you have, my brother? Yes, yes. And one other caveat or one other thing I'll add here is that, you know, we don't know the other person's picks. So, like, if one person did pick the award, but we don't know what the other person selected. So, Daryl, I put the word out, we back up award winner. I went with DeAndre Swift. And this was a guy 
when this started, I was low on and I was telling you to fade this guy. But, um, you know, things happen. And during the season, our first game of the season, Kenneth Gainwell does come out there as the RB1 for Philly. He gets hurt. DeAndre Swift comes in. And then Kenneth Gainwell can't go week two against Minnesota. And Swift goes bonkers, comes RB1 in that backfield. And so Swift was a guy you were getting at RB32 during draft season. He finished as the RB17. He had a really strong start, and, you know, it did kind of taper off towards the end. But anytime you can get a guy at a running back three price that gives you RB1 performances, especially early on, and finish as a solid RB2, we back up. Because we got to remember this guy's history. Like, this dude was shipped away to get that rookie um, of the year that Daryl discussed in Jameer Gibbs. But over a 1,000 rushing yards with five touchdowns, 219 receiving yards, and a tutty there. He had 11 top 30 finishes. If you told me coming into the season you're getting an RB3 that's going to have running back 30 or better finishes, I'm taking that all day. And within those top 30 finishes, five of those he finished as RB as an RB1 uh, five times there. So overall, his metrics ran about 60% of the snaps, 55% of the rushing attempts, 46% of the routes, 17% target per route run. Very, 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 very solid numbers for RB2 that you got at an RB3 price. So put the word back out, or put the word out. We back up for DeAndre Swift. Solid pick, a- absolutely solid pick. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All Who right. For, okay, so for me, I kind of zeroed in on the, um, you know, consistent. Um, the guy consensus was low on, or kind of left for dead, part of the award description, and. I went with Jordan Love here, um, and it's like, okay, Jordan Love was never up, so how can he be back up? But, you know, you, you take into account the man, this was, what, his fourth year in the league, I, I, I want to say, and he was coming off the board as QB 26 by ADP. Like, I think that qualifies as being left for dead. Like, there was no, absolutely no faith put into what this man could do. He finished as the QB 5 on the season through 30 touchdowns ran for another four. He was QB five in the fantasy semis and QB two for the fantasy championship week. So like this guy like really kind of came out of nowhere. Like nobody was really expecting this out of him. And he's just absolutely been balling. He's been on a tear. Um, You know, it, it was bumpy. It was a bumpy ride with him over the course of the season. But over his last eight games, he was a QB one all but once with three top five finishes. And you got him more than likely off the waiver wire. And he came in and he wasn't just like serviceable or anything like that. Like he was an elite fantasy asset, especially when it mattered most. So, um, you know, Jordan Love, I say put the word out there. You thought he was dead, but he's back up. Very, 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 very solid pick. I do like that one uh, for sure. 
And it kind of felt like he's a rookie too, but I have to remember, yeah, he has been in the league forever. He's just been um, sitting behind Aaron Rodgers and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah. give that man his love yeah. there. Yes, and he didn't look good in like his his spot starts um, that that he had for for Aaron Rodgers as, as well. You know, it was it was very like the outlook on him this year was like, man, I don't know. And you know, you look at that contract that they had him sign and all that stuff. Like it was the man took a gamble on himself, and yeah, came out came out smelling like roses. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's get to this few, next. No, I'll go. I got ahead. a few I'll honorable get... mentions though. Um, yeah, honorable yeah. mention, um, DJ Moore um, finished wide receiver eight, but was being drafted as wide receiver 20. Um, I don't, that may not necessarily qualify as being left for dead, but, you know, you know, finishing 12 spots ahead of ADP in a pretty wide receiver heavy year, you know, I thought that was worthy of mentioning. And also Michael Pittman, um, he was coming off the board by ADP as wide receiver 33. And ended up finishing wide receiver 13. So, yeah, I, I feel like those guys could have also been in the mix for this award. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that. Let's get this third award going. Word up to the clips. We got the We Got It For Cheap Award. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> uh, this was a song by the clips, basically talking about getting other items for cheap. But here we're talking about a guy who turned great to outstanding value based on their draft position and got a good deal, got it for cheap and helped you win the championship or at least helped you stay steady in your lineup. So Daryl, I'll turn it over to you. Who is your clips? We got it for cheap award winner. Okay. So this fella probably could have been given like several different awards that we'll talk about or that we have talked about um, through this award season. I'm going with Puka Nakua. You know, okay. you, you can't say okay. enough. Yeah, man. It's you know, he could have been the rookie of the year, or you know, very much was the rookie of the year and whatnot. Um, so yeah, like, like you mentioned when we were doing our draft process, I I didn't I didn't keep my powder dry on this one and I, and I took him <laughs> for this one. So um, so anyway, man, you know, you just you can't say enough about a dude who was going as the wide receiver 91 and who ends up finishing as the wide receiver five on, on yeah. the season like that's yeah. the epitome of, of of getting it for cheap he had a teammate who did several who, who did similar things as well who we may or may not speak about in a little bit more <laughs> foreshadowing um puka averaged 17.8 basically 18 fantasy points a game and the thing that was that was so cool about what he did this year he was just so consistent you know there was only four times in 16 games where he finished worse than a wide receiver three. And, you know, wide receivers are very volatile position. You know, he played all 16, uh, all 16 games for the fantasy season. And only four, only four of those did he finish worse than a wide receiver three. Like that's outstanding consistency. And you compare that with the fact that he had four top five finishes as well. So like four top five finishes, only four finishes outside the top 36, like, you know, this this guy was giving it to you on a weekend, week out basis. And he is, you know, just just off the top of my head, I gotta I gotta imagine he's he's going to be in a discussion for a round one pick um next year. And I'm imagining at worst he's gonna be round one, uh he's gonna be like the one-two turn kind of thing 
coming from a dude who, again, was basically going undrafted in your in your standard, you know, 12 team leagues. So, yeah, Puka Nakua gets my we got it for cheap award. Yeah, very solid pick for this one um, as well. Of course, like you said, Puka could have won like numerous awards that we have here. But yeah. all right. So for me, for my clips, we got it for cheap award. I'm going with Mike Evans, the wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Bucks. We got to remember that coming into this season, we had this man, um, or he was ranked as a wide receiver 31, so around a wide receiver three. And he was in that tier with guys like Terry McLaurin, Mike Will, Brandon Ayuk, Michael Pittman, Christian Kirk, Jahan Dotson, guys that we had significant interest in, but there was just uncertainty whether it was a quarterback situation or these guys are maybe ready to emerge if you will and he went out there and balled end up finishing as the wide receiver seven had over 1200 receiving yards on 13 with 13 touchdowns on 128 targets over half of his catches went, went for 20 yards or more and that was good for seventh and then he has six wide receiver one finishes, so a top 12 wide receiver. And then even during playoffs, he held you down as a wide receiver nine during weeks 15 through 17. So, yes, you get a wide receiver three that gives you wide receiver one value for an entire season. We got it for cheap. Mike Evans, here is your award. Good, sir. Yeah, man, I can definitely get on board with that um and you know that that kind of leads to um that, that kind of leads one of my honorable mentions i wanted to bring up was baker mayfield who finished okay. as qb9 this year and was you know he was definitely going undrafted in one qb leagues right now and you know that 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 ties right into why you were able to get mike evans for cheap because people just didn't think baker would be able to prop him up and this right. man came out and had an absolute ridiculous season this year um mike evans did so yeah Definitely, definitely on board with that. Um, just some other honorable mentions. Raheem Mostert, um, he was going as RB41 during draft season, ended up RB3 overall. Um, Adam Thielen was ADP wide receiver 50, but finished <laughs> the year as wide receiver 15. You know, you didn't have a lot of faith of in him to end the season, but like to start the season, like he was certainly um, holding teams down. And um, I'm going to skip over one other name I have, but also um, hope I'm not stepping on anything here. Uh, the big homie Nico Collins was wide receiver yeah. 58 by ADP and finished the year wide receiver 18. And who knows, that probably could have been a little bit better if he had had um, – he missed the game. And I know he played – I feel like he played in one game, at least one game that C.J. Stroud missed. So, you know, there's – there was a little bit of meat still left on that bone, I think, even though he was probably helped out by Tank Dell going down. But but still, yeah, for for what he gave you and where you drafted him, can't, yeah, got, got to give him a mention here. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I had Nico listed on this award, but because of what Mike Evans did in the playoff run there and the simple fact that I think he was just more so left not left for dead, but it's more so like 
it, it really wasn't expected that Mike Evans could still carry this and do this. I went ahead and went with Mike. Um, and then I wanted to ha- be have a little more diversity since I already went with Ace Town with CJ Stroud. So yeah, went with Mike Evans. For sure. Yeah, you leave it to us. We might mess around and put the whole offense in these awards. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay. All right. So moving along, our next award to hand out is the Dennis Green. They were who we thought they were award. And this is for like um for guys who basically performed you know, at or near their ADP, you know, you bought them for a price, they returned at that price. So, um, so yeah, what, what are you thinking on the Dennis Green Award? Yeah, the, my Denny Green Award winner, I went with DK Metcalf, man. Um, okay. Came, came into the season, we were looking at him on Fantasy Pros and PPR rankings. He was at wide receiver 16. And he finished as wide receiver 19 with 65 receptions, 1,100 yards, and eight touchdowns on 113 targets. The funny thing about it is that if he actually would have got 16 games at his average of 14.9 points per PPR game, he would have been wide receiver 15. So <laughs> pretty huh. much he, he's at a, he was at his ADP. Um and pretty much did very similar to last year. Uh, last year, he had two times where he was a top 12 wide receiver, seven times as a wide receiver two, and two times as a wide receiver three. Well, this year, he had two times as a wide receiver one, only four times as a wide receiver two, and five times as a wide receiver three. Now, two of those times as a wide receiver three, he was actually wide receiver 25. So, I mean, that's basically dang near a wide receiver two. And he only had two performances where he was a wide receiver five or worse. So there we're talking about what wide receiver 60 or worse. And those two times came against San Francisco and Baltimore, probably two of the scarier defenses. Well, more so for maybe Baltimore uh, for wide receivers, but um. Yeah, average 7.6 targets a game or 7.5 targets a game over his career. He generally averaged 7.6, 58% catch rate. You probably want to see that higher, but that's pretty much around his average on his career, more so around like 60%. So, yeah, my Denny Green Award winner, DK Metcalf. He was who we thought he was. For sure. Yeah. Man came in and did a job, right? Yeah. <laughs> he, he clocked in at eight. He clocked out at five. Like that was <laughs> right. That was his 30 minute lunch break. Yeah. yeah. That was their Steve's this year. <laughs> um, so yeah, for, for my Denny Green Award winner, I'm go, I'm going with another wide receiver and I'm going with AJ Brown. Um, his ADP had him coming off the board at around wide receiver eight. And he finished this year as wide receiver six in points per game. So, like, and um, he was like right around um, wide receiver four or five, um, depending on your scoring method for, um, for for the season. So, you know, he was he he was right there. He was who we who we thought he was. Um, you know, he he didn't disappoint, and but he also didn't like, you know, he didn't terribly overshoot where where you took him. Um, he had, remember back, he had that absolutely just kind of dominant six-week stretch from uh, weeks four through nine where he, 
He had what five top seven finishes and three top five finishes in that, in that little stretch where you know he had some kind of thing where he he hit 125 yards at least you know for for some like four or five six games in a row and that would really kind of anchored his year because you know he he didn't finish as strong as as you would have liked but it's hard to you know it, it's hard to put any blame on him like as a player because that that Eagles offense just completely collapsed down down the stretch where pretty much Jalen Hurts was the only person that you could rely on uh, for, for any kind of consistency. But yeah, for, for me, AJ Brown, he came in just like DK, just like DK and he did a job. You know, he, he, he got you what you drafted him for. Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, but right in the same, right, right in that area. So yeah, he, he's my Denny green for the year. Right on, right on. Do you have any honorable mentions here at all? For this one, no. For this one, I I, I don't have any honorable mentions. Okay. I have one. Um, so, yeah, one other guy, um, honorable mention, I think, could be James Conner. Um, he did his usual <laughs> missing, you know, two to four games, however long he missed. And then he absolutely balled out um, during the playoff season for you. But the man was drafted as the RB2, and I'm pretty sure he came close to finishing as an RB2 as well. If not, he's probably, like, right outside of it. So, yeah, James Conner could be a guy that, you know, serves as an honorable mention here as well. Yeah, yeah. He's – um Fantasy Pros has him as RB28, and, um, okay. and PFF has him as – RB like 18. So basically in that RB2 mix. Uh, yeah, just just as anybody would have predicted to start the year. So yeah, the man came <laughs> in and did his job for sure. Right, right. All right. Well, we got one more war for you guys here before we get into the individuals uh, for the position. We got the Mary J. Blige. I'm going down. <laughs> I'm going down award. Uh, this is basically the guy who, you know, made your whole fantasy world turn upside down. Uh, it could have been maybe a high ADP or a medium ADP, a guy that you counted on in some aspect. And yeah, they did not come through for you like you expected or not at all. So Daryl, I'm going to turn this over to you. Who's your Mary J. Blige? I'm going down award winner. Yeah, there were, there were not. Um, you know, we didn't have a lack of choice here. I'll say that much. <laughs> um, so I'm going with Austin Eckler uh, yeah, for that's the for one. mine. So yeah, he was he was drafted around fourth overall, the RB two off the board behind um, CMC, finished as RB twenty five, and just. You know, the thing about him that was that really just absolutely sunk teams was that, you know, if you drafted him, you could be you were very much tempted to do like a hero RB build. Right. And if that hero RB does not perform to heroic levels, then you're done. Like that's that's a wrap. And like (laughs) I had. You know, so many of my best ball teams hit the graveyard before the season was even halfway over because of this stuff. Um, 
And, you know, just kind of tracking back through his season, he had a strong start in week one. I want to say he was like, um, he was definitely a top five. I want to say he was like RB2 in week one. But he got injured. So he's out the next three games with injury. And then in week five, they had a bye. So through the first five weeks, you've only gotten him for one week. He comes back and he's strong in weeks eight through 10, right? Three top five finishes in a row and then just off a cliff, just, yeah. just off a cliff. His his highest finish um, after week 10 was RB8, and it was just a bunch of best mid through through the rest <laughs> of the fantasy season. And so, you know, it, it, it really just gutted your team. And looking back over the season, the man had one game above 100 yards rushing. Jeez. That, that game came in week one. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Yeah. And his Ooh. next highest total, his next highest total for the season was 67 yards rushing. Like it just yeah. it was an absolute uh, absolute disaster. And you know, like as I mentioned with AJ Brown, you know, there's probably there there's not a whole you can't put all the blame on Austin's shoulders because that team suffered a bunch of injuries. Then, you know, Herbert ends up going out for the season. I can't remember what week, somewhere like maybe around week 12 or 13 or so. So, like, you know, it, it was just it was just a snake-bitten year for the Chargers, which we say damn near every year. But, um, but yeah, Austin Eckler is my, my Mary J. Blige going down award. It was because he, he went down and he took your teams with him. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, even with a snake bitten season by, I mean, by the charges and whatnot, or, um, you know, how they usually do, at least Eckler, he holds you down, you know, but yeah, he just went along with the train too. It just all collapsed everybody. Like, you got nothing great from those prospects, with the exception of Keenan Allen, of course, early on. Um, for me, I went with Tony Pollard. Um, man, this was a guy that he was coming into the season. We were looking at him per fantasy pros as like an RB five. And I mean, he finished as RB 14 to which you would think, well, that's, that's not bad. And, you know, he also has six running back one performances, but you know, it was, it was twofold. Like this man averaged around what? 12 points, PPR points a game. And like, Pretty much that's what Zach Moss was giving you when he was healthy. That's what Jerome Ford gave you once he took over after the Nick Chubb injury. DeAndre Swift, who we talked about earlier, was giving you about that amount. Um, and he was just below Austin Eckler at 13.3. Like, yeah, just really, really disappointing. And from that standpoint, if you did go RB on that position like you want and needed and so for me it was a whole lot of disappointment i had him on a team as a keeper um i thought i was made in the shade you know i kind of went wide receiver heavy and that came to bite me because tony pollard did not hold your boy down and then the cherry on top of this is that during the playoff weeks he was running back 47 like Yikes. Yeah, he you went down, man. It went down the ship. And 
it just hurts because the man had like 280 plus opportunities or touches and it's like rb14 that's what we getting in this good offense like it hurt yeah that was one of the biggest fake outs of the fantasy season because of how everything had trended in the couple years before and how he looked in the games where Zeke didn't play help, how he looked in the games where Zeke did play and right. finally gets, they finally get Zeke out of his way. And for this to be the result, like, yeah, that one, that one really hurt. And he was another one where, you know, you felt like perhaps you feel comfortable going with the hero RB build um, with him. And yeah, that's maybe that's something to look at next year during best ball and just draft strategy season anyway just like is it maybe time to discount hero rb or or whatever because like it really it 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 really didn't pan out like that well at all unless you took McCaffrey like that was that was that was really it yeah yeah he's pretty much like the only first round back from a hero rb standpoint that like really really paid that off the way that you would want for that hero rb yeah yeah absolutely um, I do have some honorable mentions here, um, just real quick, and most of them are quarterbacks. Um, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, and uh, Sa- Saquon Barkley as as well. Like those guys, um, you know, the, the quarterbacks more than more than anything because you were having to pay a a, a decent to you know a decent looking to pretty to pretty penny. For, for for those quarterbacks, so yeah, those yeah. those guys like really really stuck out to me as um, you know, it's really being guys that could have handicapped your team. But the thing about quarterback is, you know, you could there were plenty of guys who you could have switched to throughout the season. But with these names, though, like it's it's, it's kind of tough to have a, a Patrick Mahomes or Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert like on your bench while you're playing, say, a Jordan Love or a Baker Mayfield or something like that during during the year. So or or yeah. even a Sam Howell, you know, that, that would have been a lot for any fantasy <laughs> manager's stomach. So, you know, anyway. Yeah, man, I, I feel you. I feel you. Let's get into these individual awards. And so we'll look at quarterback, running back, wide receiver and tight end. And we're going with basically the best player in our opinion at each of these positions. And this is based on fantasy performance. And of course we sneak in some draft value in there as well. So I'll turn it over to you, Daryl. Let's start with who is your quarterback winner? Drum roll, please. I'm going with, um, with Josh Allen, man, Josh Allen. Um, you know, you you had to pay up to get him, but he absolutely delivered. You know, so sometimes sometimes paying a lot is is still a value. You know, maybe he should have cost you two picks, um, kind of thing. You know, just because the price is high doesn't mean it's not a value. So, yeah, I went with him. Um, he had eight top five finishes in sixteen games. That's consistency. Man. That is consistency. Eight top five finishes in fifteen in, in excuse me in sixteen games. So you know, 
you can't you you can't beat that. Twelve of his sixteen um, games, he finished as a quarterback one on the week. So, <laughs> you know that's it's it, it's like come on, like what you paid for him, you 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 still made a good return on on him. So yeah, I'm I'm saying Josh Allen is my QB MVP uh, for for this year. Well, where are you going with it? Yeah, for me, I'm going with Jalen Hurts, man. Um, Got to go with Jalen Hurts here. 3,800 passing yards, 23 passing touchdowns, 608 rushing yards, 15 rushing touchdowns. This man had nine top five quarterback finishes and did not finish outside of a QB2 besides week 18. But as noted, you're not playing fantasy football in week 18. Yeah, he he just held it down. Now, my small, small concern with him is all this, you know, talk about the NFL doing something about the tush push and whatnot, because that was a big part of his production here, getting those red zone touchdowns, which, you know, if that happens to happen, then, you know, DeAndre Swift, you know, here's three, four more touchdowns for you probably. But overall, Jalen Hurts, QB2 on the season. I give him my QB award here. Yeah, I feel that. If they outlaw the touch push, it's going to it's gonna really take a hammer to his value um, yeah. for, for, for next season. Yeah, that's, that, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be something to pay attention to for sure. Um, yep. Okay. So moving forward into the running backs, um, who is your running back MVP for the season? Yeah, running back, I went with Raheem Mostert. Okay. Uh, You know, over 1,000 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns, 117, I'm sorry, 175 receiving yards, and three touchdowns there. So a 21-touchdown season for this man, my goodness. Um, seven RB1 finishes and had no finish worse than running back 35 for a guy that was probably being drafted around there or possibly even later. Like, yeah, Raheem Mostert, the touchdown production, um, just out of this control. Now, the thing with him next season, I'm sure we'll make notes on this in our offseason talk. You know, you talk about touchdown variance and all that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe he won't have 21 next year, but, you know, 10 to 15 is still well in the cards with him in that offense, assuming, you know, he's back. So Raheem Moster, running back award winner for your boy. Yeah, for sure. And to get to the ADP talk that you're talking about, he was drafted RB 41 on the season. 41. So, okay, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, yeah that, that's a huge payoff for sure. Um, I, I'm on board with that choice. Um, the guy I went with was um, Kyron Williams. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Just, yeah. He's just an absolute league winner in the same category as his teammate, uh, Puka Nakua. You know, in, in most 12 teamers, he, he just wasn't getting drafted. You know, it was, uh, I, I was looking through Fantasy Pros um, ADP for the season and like, People were taking Adrian Peterson ahead of him. Like, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was crazy. Oh um, man! But you know, it, he was in that um, 
he was in the area where he was just like not where he was not getting drafted. I think I have his ADP written down here somewhere. I didn't want to I didn't want to mention him earlier because I didn't want to spoil it. But um, no, no, I can't I can't find it. But the 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 point still remains. He was basically being undrafted, and he came in at running back five. Like that that's just an unreal return. You know, every week that he played, he was an RB three or better, and the thing that, that really sustained him was he was that that rare kind of Christian McCaffrey-like um, guy who was getting the bell cow usage. You know, his, his usage might have been higher than McCaffrey's um, as, as far as percentage of snaps played and, and that kind of stuff. Um, it might have been worthwhile to look that up. But, you know, when he was when he was playing, like they weren't going to anybody besides him. And you got him you got him off the scrap heap. Um, and, you know, he was able to get this running back five finish. You keep in mind, he missed four games due to injury. So, you know, yeah. he was yeah. he, he, he was really pushing to do something extremely special um, this this year. And, you know, as the cherry on top, he came in as the RB1 for a fantasy championship week. So, like, week 17, yeah. put up, <laughs> you know, he, he – you you were putting him in for something special and he came through and gave you something special. So I'm sure in a lot of people's eyes, this man is goaded. Uh, you know. So yeah, Kyron Williams, that's um that's what I'm going with for my running back MVP. Yeah, a definitely definitely a good choice there. And you know, a guy that beginning of the season when we did the previews, I'm not even sure if we mentioned his name, but if we did, it probably was just a quick oh, okay he's here but no other words there and man um we'll be talking about you next year Kyron for sure <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah no doubt all right wide receiver award I'll lead off here continually dominating lamb cd lamb my award winner here um that man has had <laughs> a very interesting season um but overall, 23 points uh, per game from the fantasy perspective. Wide receiver one on the season, 1,600-plus yards, 10 touchdowns, two touchdowns rushing as well. During the fantasy playoffs, he had 28 points per game, good for wide receiver one there. Just Ooh. overall, overall hoopage by this man, C.D. Lamb. And I think that was influenced by that – was that the Detroit game where he went dummy? Yeah, I think that was part of it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, my, one other note on him, and, of course, we'll probably say these same notes when we talk about our wide receivers. Um, week third – I'm sorry, week one through six, this man was wide receiver 13, had, like, no top five finishes, none of that. Then from week – Seven through 17, this man was the wide receiver one. This man had 1,100 yards, <laughs> 1,100 Ooh. yards in that 10-game span and had nine of his uh, 10 receiving touchdowns during that time. And funny enough, what happened in week seven, that's when Dallas had their bye. So maybe they got to the drawing board and they like, yeah, we, we got C.D. Lamb, y'all. We, we may want to take care, take advantage with this young man. And yeah, fantasy wise, that man was the goods for you. So CD, CD lamb, wide receiver. 
you got it, man. Yeah, th- there was some uh, there was some talk that came out in the media that he went to he went to McCarthy and was like, Coach, I I could be doing more. You know, I, there's there's just look for me more, like put, design more stuff or whatever. Like he basically squeaky wheeled himself, even though he was getting a a, a good amount of usage right. for that. But yeah, it, after that bye week, yeah, they just came out and coach was like, okay, and the, the man delivered for sure. Um, all right. So for my wide receiver, I went with Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah, love it. Love I, went, it. I went with Tyreek Hill. I was trying not to be, you know, so chalky and whatnot, but um, but yeah, he just had an absolutely dominant fantasy season. Nine of fifteen games that he played this year, he finished in the top five. <laughs> Nine out of fifteen games. That's 60% of his games. He was a top five wide receiver on the week. That's that, that, that's insane. Um, 23.7 points per game, which was number one in the league. You know, it's, I don't know, it's, I don't think it's totally unfair to say that, you know, if he hadn't, you know, CD played 16, um, Tyreek only played 15 um, during, during the year. I bet, you know, if, if Tyreek had, had played um, that week 15 game that, that he sat out, then um, he probably would have finished overall uh, number one as far as total points. Um, but he, he was number one in points per game. And the thing about that, about him um, is, you know, he was drafted pretty high. He was like the third receiver off the board after, um, after Jettis and, um, and Jamar Chase. But like, if you drafted him, you know, he just put you so far ahead of those two guys of, of managers who took those two guys because you know um jet has missed a lot due to injury jamar chase missed a game or two due to injury and then had his um and then you know had his quarterback either out due to injury or not 100 percent due to injury so you know um, Ty- tyreek was just such a huge leverage point throughout the throughout the season you know it, it allowed teams to you know a chance to kind of run away with their leagues. Um, the only thing that kind of stunk was, you know, the one game that he did miss was week 15, the, the first week of the fantasy playoffs, which I know hurt um, at least one, um, at least one player on this very podcast that you're listening to. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was absolutely brutal for, for, for fantasy. But, you know, when you weigh that against the fact that he's very likely, you know, top one, two, three, four, five reasons that you got to the playoffs in the first place. Like it's, um, yeah, it, it, it more than made up for it. So yeah, Tyree kill my fantasy wide receiver MVP and just, you know, not, not for nothing. We said earlier, you know, Puka Nakua could have been mentioned for several of these awards. This is another one that he certainly could have been in the running for you. Like it, you couldn't, you couldn't fault anybody for for putting him uh in this spot to be clear on that Tyreek Hill note were you saying it was you it hurt I was saying it was you my man because okay yeah we we faced off that one week and it hurt one of my best ball teams that one of my um one of my best ball mania four teams that had made it that had made it through and you know if I got if I could have gotten his points um that 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 could have maybe put me over the top but 
Um, but yeah, it, it it certainly hurt you in our head-to-head matchup. I do recall quite vividly. Right, right. Okay. I thought you were at first saying for you, and I was like, is this man taking a little side shot? Because he know dang well I had Tyree nah. Kill against him in week 15. And if I would have had him, it, it could have helped me a lot. But uh, <laughs> let's move forward. Last award here um, for the positions. We got the tight end award. Uh, you lead this one off. All right. So this one was kind of tough because um, you you drafted first as far as tight ends go. And so, like, I was left to kind of make a case for somebody else. And I landed, I landed on Evan Ingram. For, oh, for, for the tight end MVP award. Um, and it's it's just for like a, a, a few reasons, right? Number one was consistency. You know, he had 10 top 10 finishes in 16 games. For the tight end position, you know, that's that's pretty important. You know, just being able to have a, a solid plug and play option. And he he was that this year. Um, I also add in his seventh round price that, that that you paid for him. And that seventh round price goes hand in hand with the fact that for the whole of the fantasy season, he finished only 13 points behind Travis Kelsey. So you were having to take Travis Kelsey in the first round. You could have waited six. You know, you, you didn't know this, but like the way the fantasy season played out, you could have waited six more rounds and gotten Evan Ingram or pretty much the same production. So, um, so yeah, that's my, my case for him and is, is really just kind of based on those kind of um, th- those factors like coming together. Like he, I don't think, I don't think, you know, this was a wow or fantastic tight end season. It's just, you know, when you look at where he finished relative to everybody else, especially the premium guys and, um, and, and, you know, like what, where he finished and what, and the price you had to pay during draft season. I think, um, I think it's, it, it was pretty much like a photo finish between him and another guy who I'll mention after, uh, after you give yours. So yeah, for me, I'm going with Evan Ingram in my tight end MVP spot. Okay. And, uh, I, I dig that. I thought you were going to say maybe this other guy that you are going to say after what I say, but I went with Sam Laporta, man. Um, first of all, the man is like disrespectful because he's not remembering that he's a rookie and rookies aren't supposed to do this at this position. That's what my old head fantasy, you know, people say he ain't supposed to be producing as a rookie, but he said, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm a produce 860 receiving yards, uh, nine touchdowns during the first excuse me, 16 games, good for 14.1 fantasy points per game in PPR leagues and finishes as the tight end one. Um, it was a no-brainer for me to go with him here, especially considering the draft position that you got him. Um, a lot of people took shots on him late, you know, those 14, 15, 16th rounds. And, you know, some of that had to do, obviously, with his talent, um, the initial buzz around him. And then it was also like, well, we expect Detroit's offense to be good. Uh, Jamison Williams is out on the suspension. We got Amin Ra. Like, somebody else got to catch the ball. Why not Sam Laporta? And he delivered, man. He delivered the goods for sure. Had seven top five tight end performances and had th- three of those where he was the tight end one 
on the week. Like, again, this is a rookie doing this at this position, something that we really don't see a lot. So Sam Laporta, the tight end one in fantasy, the tight end one in my heart. Here's the tight end award to you, my guy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely yeah, that's he, he he's the one, you know. And like I mentioned, you got to you 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 went first uh for picking the tight end. So like yeah, that was that was the, that that was the one, man. He yeah just just unbelievable, just unbelievable season for a rookie, and like you mentioned with draft capital, just just amazing stuff from him um this year. Yep, yep. Um, did you have another guy you wanted to mention? Yeah. So when I when I settled on Evan Ingram, the other guy that I was um, thinking about going with was David Njoku, um, and you know he 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 had an absolutely fabulous season, especially down the second half stretch where he was just like super consistent, slate breaking, like what, what whatever whatever superlatives you want to put on him. The only reason. I um I went with Evan Ingram over him was because um just because Evan Ingram was a little bit more consistent over uh, over the course of the season you know it um and it was really no fault of David and Joker's that he wasn't as consistent to start the year because they just had right. so much quarterback t- turmoil between Deshaun not being great Deshaun getting hurt um PJ Walker um Dory, DTR, I, I can't remember. Yeah, DTR, what the, letters, yeah. what the letters stand for. So, so yeah, they just needed to put Joe Flacco in to unlock uh, David and Joku. But, but yeah, he was he's like a, he was my honorable mention for uh, for my tight end MVP. Yeah, that's who I thought you were maybe going to say, but you know Ingram's not a bad choice either. And the fact that you know they were actually able to get him in the end zone. Um, I don't mind that nod at all. Yeah. All right. Our overall MVP. I will go ahead. I'll pass it to you, Daryl. Announce the man's name. I think the good people know who it is. Yeah, there's not a lot of drama or suspense here. It's Christian. It's Christian McCaffrey. It's yeah. CMC. Um, I believe he finished as the number one player in all of fantasy this year, you know, finished with more points Um, in this, you know, this is contingent upon your scoring system and whatnot. But um, according to fantasy pros PPR scoring, he was like the number one fantasy player on the year this year, averaging 24.5 points on the season, 14 rushing touchdowns, seven receiving touchdowns. This man saw 83 targets this year. 83 targets yeah. for a running back. Like, that's that's unbelievable. His workload, his usage was out of this world. His his consistency throughout the year, like, not just, not only was he consistent, like, he was high-level consistent. The man finished the year with nine out of 16. He played, he played um, all 16 fantasy games. You know, we'll, we'll circle back to week 17. But he played all 16 fantasy games um, this year. And had nine top five finishes. Yeah. If you want to throw, if you if you want to stretch it out to top seven, then he had eleven top seven finishes. <laughs> Never finished below a running back two in a single week. Never finished yeah. below a running back two. 
just it, this was this was an all time this was an all timer of of a, of a fantasy season for um, I would say for a running back for for for, for damn near any for for any kind of player. So yeah, um, just like dominant dominant consistency week in week out. And the only thing that kind of that that derailed him, you know, uh, now to circle back to week seventeen, this man was in the smashiest of smash spots in week seventeen. Um, you know, the, the fantasy championship when they're playing the commanders, and you know he he pulled his not pulled his hamstring. Um, it was his calf. He strained his calf, and so you know they they just pulled him. I think they still had. They were still playing for the number one seed. Like they, they needed to win that week to lock up the number one seed. So like that's why it was a smash spot for him because like they, you know, they had everything in the world to play for. But you know, he strained his calf and they 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 were putting it to Washington once they finally, you know, once they finally woke up, you know, in like the second half of that game. And you know, that was they just put him on ice for for the rest of that game. So like he disappointed in um in, in week 17. Still finishes running back twenty one on the week. Still did not have a finish outside of um, RB two territory. So yeah, that's it's, it's CMC for for, for me. Yeah, three hundred and thirty nine touches on the season, man. And just a sheer fact of how dominant San Francisco was, it probably left some quote unquote meat on the bone because of how good they were. They didn't have to use him as much but you know you remember coming into this season we were looking at that backfield and we were you know we were throwing out the stats of oh well when elijah mitchell was healthy and uh you know cmc was there you know hey he didn't have as many good finishes as you know we would want to expect and cmc was like it don't matter dog like i've had three seasons where i've had a hundred 100 plus targets and he's like this season I only got 83 and I'm still going to ball and whatnot. So, yeah, Elijah Mitchell wasn't in the picture as as much as we thought and yeah, CMC just had himself a heck of a year and overall MVP to that man. Salute. Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Moore, Denzel Washington in the book of Eli, don't matter. CMC <laughs> info. <laughs> yeah, CMC info. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So we didn't crown some guys. Congratulations to those individuals. Let's go ahead and transition. Let's get into some DBB, the Brothers Battle, our betting sheet where we look at over, unders, or spreads for every game. We bet some element of it, and the winner gets a nice dinner. And this year, your boy will be having that dinner. This past week, congratulations, congratulations, gang, gang, gang. Hey, you mad? This last week, (laughs) Daryl did go out on a good note, going 10 and 8, had a lock that hit. He'll probably get into that. And I went 8 and 10 overall percentage 53.3 percent for me, 47.1 for Daryl. So if I was betting all these, I wouldn't have been profitable, but hey. Who bets every game of, you know, the NFL season for money? Not these guys. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Week 18, Daryl has flipped to the sheet, and I will turn it over to him. 
Any thoughts on these bets? Um, I'm looking through the the ones that that I lost. Um, I felt so. I I picked New England uh, laying two and a half at home to the Jets, and I felt I felt pretty good uh, about that one. But you know, they came out and Brees Hall just smoked them boys, man. Like that was. What, what what he did to them, yeah, they ain't pretty no more. Like that was my my goodness, and um probably should have checked the weather a little bit before that game because um it was it was a snowstorm for those of you who didn't know, and it was just a bunch of ugly football by two offensively stunted teams anyway. So that should have been a smash over, um yeah. and in that spot, um. And, you know, Seattle, I laid the three points. Um, they, they were on the road to Arizona, laid the three there, and that one that one didn't hit. And I guess for some reason I just keep – I never, like, kind of – I never lost enough faith in that team. <laughs> I should have – you know, I, I kept giving them too much esteem throughout, uh, throughout the year. And – Arizona is always, you know, they're, they're just kind of they're, they're plucky, you know. And yep. um, maybe I should have maybe I should have rethought that one um, a, a, a little bit, a little bit more because Seattle's defense has been bad for, for for quite a little bit, and I didn't put enough stock into into that, and I probably underrated Arizona a little bit. Um, so yeah, those two, uh, those th- those two really really stuck out to me. I got you. I got you. Like this week, because of the games and implications that some teams have versus other teams not, and some games not having any implications at all, it it kind of made you know it hard to pick some of these spots. But you know, again, kudos to you going over five hundred in this week. But um, for me, first of all, LOL. Like I came over here last week on this pod, and I was. And I looked you in the eye as I said this. I was like, you want to discuss this about picking Atlanta against Chicago? And I came here on our sheet and I picked Atlanta with three and a half <laughs> against New Orleans. And boy, have a good have a good one, Arthur Smith, man. My man, <laughs> my man went out super sad. But I did love that Bijan long touchdown. Love to see that for that young fellow. Um, Jacksonville, Tennessee. <laughs> oh, Jacksonville. Oh, Jacksonville. My goodness. Your life is on the line here. And boy, I mean, I know the game was on the road, but Rabel, man, Rabel Magic gets it done. Tennessee actually wins the game. I actually have money on the actual money line for that at plus 70 for the Titans. So that was a that was a good cash. And then um, the last one I had was Green Bay taking care. Well, I'm sorry, I had two of them. Green Bay taking care of Chicago. I did like that, like to see that. I had a feeling they were going to win that game. Um, I was uncertain if they would cover the three, but I still went with them, and kudos to them. And then finally, like, I'm going to show love to the Dallas Cowboys because they had this exact same spot last season, and I think – I don't think it mattered now. Um, if they would have won the game and had some kind of 
implications last year. But, you know, this year they win and, you know, they, they you know, get the two seed, they get uh, the home game. And they came here and covered the 13 half and a half against Washington in their building and dominated them boys. Like Washington looked like they wanted no parts of that game. And um, Dallas said, okay, well, we're going to take care of this. So love to see that for Dallas responsible footballing going on there. Yeah. The, the commanders were on some one, two, three Cancun like, <laughs> for, 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 from the jump, man. Like that was, that was some ugly, ugly football. That, that that they played um you know i didn't i didn't watch the game close enough to be like man these guys quit but like just looking at the looking at the box scores and the highlights and all this stuff it's like that was just yeah that's that's just extremely extremely bad football that they put on tape and it looks bad for everybody for, for <laughs> everybody for, what just happened with them so yeah yeah man well, hey, that closes the book on another regular season, but that does not stop us from, you know, still getting these bets in. We're going to continue through to the Super Bowl. So we got Wild Card Weekend. Um, are they calling it Super Wild Card Weekend still? Can't remember. I feel like I've heard that or, or like seeing that on a graphic somewhere. Um, I can't recall having heard it out of like an announcer's mouth or something like that, but I, I do feel like I've seen it on, on some kind of graphic. Um, promoting the wild card weekend. So maybe. Okay. <laughs> well, either way, we got six games of football. For some reason, we're doing a 2-3-1 where we have two on Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday. I believe they did this last year too, but it just makes sense to just do two triple headers. But nevertheless, we got to get ESPN their game or whatever. Um, these spreads are up. Over-unders are here for you. Any initial thoughts? Um, I think, uh, I think I like, I think I like Tampa catching three at home against Philadelphia. Like, oh, okay. The the Eagles are, the Eagles are a damn mess right now, man. They are, (laughs) they, they are an absolute mess. That, that defense that, that defense is trash. Like they just cratered. And I think that I think that Tampa Bay has, you know, between between uh Godwin and Evans and R- Rashad White, you know, T- Tampa's offense hasn't hasn't been great recently, but I don't think they've received the gift of the Philadelphia defense in the in, in the recent past either. So um I think Tampa has they have a great shot to outright win this game more than just cover the three points. Um, okay. You know, we'll have to see what the deal is with Jalen Hurts' finger. Um, I, I haven't seen any updates on, on on that today, but I did see, you know, he ended up getting pulled from the game and I saw, you know, I, I, I saw pictures of what his finger looked like and, you know, that, that don't look great. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, even if he does play, even if he does play, I think Tampa's a, a live dog in this game. So, so yeah, that one that, that one super sticks out to me. Okay. Uh, yes, two things for me with that Philly and Tampa game. Um, I was liking the under until I saw uh, 44. And that game could legitimately be 24-21 and just bite you in the butt. But um, I was liking 
that that under in that game. Um, and then also when I look at Detroit and and the Rams, like Rams getting the hook with three and a half, man. Uh, I I kind of like that. Um, like to me, yeah. it's kind of like the Spider Man meme of of these teams. Like, you know, you you got a <laughs> a tall a tall quarterback. We got a tall quarterback. Y'all got a running game. We got a running game. You got some nice wide receivers. We got some nice wide receivers. Now Laporta might not play i don't know but yeah. i mean y'all y'all got a shaky defense we got a shaky defense so it's mm-hmm. like i don't know what makes me confident to make sure that detroit wins by three and the hook so i might be going the rams in this spot yeah having the laporta being out if he ends up being out which from the stuff i've seen you know they they said they expect him to miss some time which makes me think he's not going to be ready um, for, for for this game. And right. even if he is able to go, you know, he's going to be hobbled. That really, that to me, that that really hurts De- Detroit. Um, I don't, I don't know, because like having him, having Amon Ra, having um, having Jameer Gibbs, you know, like that really adds. You know, that's that's a that, that's a good functioning pass game right there and you know you strip Laporta out of that that's oh man that, yeah. that that really super hurts and then you know the Rams defense it ain't great but it ain't bad like that they're, they're pretty mid defense um you know I, I think they can give I think they could give full strength Detroit some problems you know I again Detroit's a good offense so I think they'll they'll figure some stuff out you know they won't be they won't be placed in the figure four or anything by the Rams defense but now without without Laporta and as well as as good as the Rams offense has been looking and Detroit's defense is not anything to write home about yeah I I I think I pretty much side with you especially catching that hook um at at three and a half so yeah that's that's mighty intriguing and I have a Rams lean on on this as well okay fair enough and then one other thing I just want to pose to you some initial thoughts Miami heading to KC, KC three and a half point uh, favorite here. What's your thoughts on that one? Um, so you know, Kansas City's offense has been like very uninspiring over the last five to six um, games, and the thing about it is, though, Miami is down like two elite pass rushers now and mm-hmm. so like that's that's that that's really gonna hurt them we'll have to see if they can get waddle back um because they're they'll, they'll certainly they'll certainly need him you know th- these two teams played earlier this year in, in in germany and it was a it was a pretty tip for tap game oh, yeah. the, the main difference in that game was that fumble recovery that i can't remember the dude's name but he took it back for 59 yards but like outside of that you know neither offense looked especially good yeah, um in, nice. in, in in that game so like you know if if Miami were a little bit better health wise um I'd like their chances a little a little bit more um but you know you combine their bad health plus these guys just can't beat you know good teams and you know 
I think Kansas City might be a good team. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I I think Kansas City probably gets this dub. Uh, whether they cover that three and a half, I I, I dude, that's tough. Yeah. That's that's really tough to say. Yeah, that that's real tough. That's that's a heck of a line, man. Um, <laughs> I wonder if yeah. enough people. Will, I wonder if enough people will maybe get on it to drive it down to KC minus three. I could see that happening by game time, um, especially in really? Miami. I would maybe. Think, no, go ahead. I would think KC would be like a like with the, in this spot would be super public, and that game would get bet up to. Um, it could get bet up into minus four. Okay, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I guess it's. I'm just going based off of what I've seen with KC, man. It's just ah, but, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. The public could very well get that bet up for sure. So that's a good point. Yeah, I could see who, whoever wins this game. I could see them being one and done though. Um, but yeah, I got you. So there. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting weekend. You, you got any thoughts on the on the on on our boys? Um, Cleveland coming to Houston, Cleveland laying the two and a half in NRG Stadium. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like it should be closer to a pick'em, and I'm saying that as a hometown fan. But um, I mean, I, I get why because that defense looked really good against us last last time they played a couple weeks ago. But obviously, CJ wasn't in that game. Um, to me, that 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 this game looks like a last second field goal like win. So yeah. <laughs> it it really could go either way. I'm probably gonna stay on the over under though, because I'm probably gonna be too chicken to pick my boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna need we're gonna need at least one of Noah Brown or Robert Woods to come back just to just to provide some sort of other credible um receiving threat. And or for Dalton Schultz to just step up and have the game of his life, because I, I I really feel like they're gonna they're gonna go all out against Nico, they're, and 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 Nico's good, and you know what do they say like good offense trumps good defense and whatnot, but like I I really think I, I really think they're gonna go ham in trying to in trying to stop him. So um, yeah, getting you know no nothing against Mechie, nothing against Xavier Hutchinson and whatnot, but. I just don't feel like those two guys are as reliable as either Noah Brown or um, or Robert Woods. So I would really love to see one of them guys get get back, and I could I feel a whole lot more comfortable leaning Houston here. But you know, gonna be rude for him no matter what. Yeah, and I think the the pace of this game will be will be different with CJ here. Like they could actually get the running game involved because. Last time they played, like, Singletary only had nine um, carries, and he went for 44 yards, which, I mean, that's staying near five yards a carry, which is good. But you can't run the ball, or you're not going to run the ball a lot when you're already down by, like, you know, two touchdowns and whatnot. So, yeah, it, it, should, be a good, it should be a good game, man. It should be a good matchup. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Yeah, man. Um, any last notes on DBB before – maybe get out of it no man good win good win on the season we'll get better next year (laughs) (laughs) you'll watch the film and get better i'll end dbb with this notes 
with the two coaches that were fired in Ron Rivera and Arthur Smith. Um, against the spread, Ron Rivera was 21-27-3 and three with the Commanders. Uh, that's an ROI of negative 15.4%. And good old yep. Arthur Smith was 20, 30, and one against the spread for good for a negative 23.5% ROI. So, yeah, farewell to those guys. Um, hopefully, better beginnings or better and new beginnings for the commanders and the Falcons. Yeah. Get this bunch out of here. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Um, that closes out DBB for us. Um, we're mulling it over. We think our next pod will probably give you guys some gauntlet content, maybe do a draft and give some initial opinions on, you know, what we look for or try to do when we do these gauntlet drafts. And this is in regards to the playoffs. Um, and we'll go over the formatting and all that in that pod if we decide to do it, which I think we should. And, um, yeah, we'll give you guys that content. We'll go through a draft, and we'll have some fun with it. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. It's your boy, Derek, my brother, Daryl. We're out of here, guys. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.